Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Behind every great woman is a man standing in front of the drawer she needs to get into. And why are you even in here in the first place? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Welcome to this performance of Wicked. Please turn off your cell phones. That's the God mic. (laughs) With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. We're going to go deep into the mom catchphrases if you make me. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be that parent, but I will be. And I am. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Oh, I can almost feel it's spring. I love to bake in the sun all day. Vitamin D makes my heart feel alive. Hello and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week we're talking about the ways we love our families, but... But (laughs) I have gotten into a new, you know, my elf series that I was into, fantasy romance, a genre I never thought I would read in the entire world. This is the book, A Court of Thorn and Roses or whatever. A Court of Thorn and Roses. I got into it and I was like, who am I? I'm reading a book about like fairies and romance. It's just, it doesn't feel like me. And yet... I'm into it. And I'm reading a new one now called The Fourth Wing that is similar. I mean, it's very, very, very similar. Like so similar. I'm like, is this actually the same book? But I just keep laughing because it's it's romance, which it should be. But I'm like, just wait till you have kids. It's going to be really hard. You're going to really hate each other's guts. This is the book that you sold hard to this listening audience as having fairy romance. I loved it. Court of Thorn and Roses, fairy romance. But I think they're really elves. Correct. I was wrong. I thought they were fairies. These, I believe, are real people, but they ride dragons. Sure. (laughs) And they have a lot of sex. And they ride dragons. And And nobody has to unload the dishwasher. Literally. Like, it's just dragon riding, fighting, and romance. And definitely, like, there's no, like, you have to pick up the kid from school today because I have a previous commitment. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. No one's leaving dirty socks on the floor. They're just riding dragons and having romance. So you need the place in your life to escape where none of this stuff is talked about, and then you need the other place in your life where your frustrations are heard and seen and elevated into art. And that's what today's episode is about. (laughs) That's this place. But before we even get into that, Amy, we have a shout-out. New podcast on our network, Atlas Media, And new to you, but friendly faces. What's the, I'm trying to recall some old. 
I don't know, I, commercial jingle. If you haven't tried it, it's new to you, but that's not quite it. You're talking about NBC used to do this. NBC had this, this is an old deluxe alert. Back in my day, NBC would say like, and tonight it's Seinfeld and you know, it, it's a rerun. But they wouldn't use the word rerun. It's a Seinfeld that has been shown before, but if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. And that was their like big selling point. Like maybe you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even apply anymore because yeah. everything is just streaming and fine and you don't need to worry about having seen it. All this to say, Amy, Molly and Blair from Toddler Purgatory, our beloved hosts of Toddler Purgatory, are back with an all new podcast called Un. Sticking it. It is now live in your feeds. Subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. It's all about refinding creative spark, personal spark, kind of refining ourselves after getting stuck, whether it's stuck with kids and toddlers, whether it's stuck because you're just at a change in your life. It's all about unsticking it. Their tagline, which I love, Amy, hit us with their tagline. Because sometimes life stucks. <laughs> Yes, they are, and hilarious. So if you love to talk the purgatory, you will love unsticking it. Oh, Anna is the inspiration for this episode. Thank you, Anna. She went to our Facebook group, which you can find, as you like to say, keep it simple. Just go to Facebook and search What Fresh Hell podcast group. 6,000 parents who can talk to one another and offer advice and laughs and episode ideas. So Anna went to our Facebook group and said, join this thread. It's called I Love My Family, but here's mine. I love my family, but if they don't get out of the way while I cook dinner, I'm going to hire a bodyguard for the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, we have a, I don't know if it's called a galley kitchen. Basically, the range and the sink, there's like a little hallway between them. I, I Like a little spot that's like as big as a ship's galley. It's tiny. Mm -hmm. So I can be cooking something and turn around without moving my feet and put something in the sink. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that area of the home, the minute I start cooking dinner, everyone's got to be there for some reason in the four feet of space that I now need. And that I'm like occasionally like frying things in hot oil. And I'm like, this is a deadly situation for all of us. Please exit the facility. Sometimes I have, so I have teenagers and I'll say, hey, come help me with this. So their intentions are good and they come over and they stand in the golden triangle of the garbage and the dishwasher and the stove <laughs> and the sink, whatever, right? That hot zone, I'm in it. Come on, you come, you know, do the broccoli and I'll do the zucchini, whatever it is. And they come over, but then they get their phones out and they like, let me just look up this song. Have you seen this meme? Have you done this? And then, so now they're standing in the zone. Just and a permanent obstacle. They're large people. They're adult-sized people talking to their friends on Snapchat. Where, and then I just end up being like, never mind. Like, it's definitely worse to have you in the golden zone, out with <laughs> standing you. there and not helping. Yeah. So identify with this. Yeah. There's a meme that went around a couple of years ago that was like behind every great woman is a man standing in front of the drawer she needs to get into. And why are you even in here in the first place? And it, <laughs> it really does sum up life in the kitchen. And my husband has been sufficiently chastened by my harpy like screams that he now it's like i just was gonna put some bread in the oven behind you like he's very uh he's very gun shy when it comes to coming into the kitchen when i'm in he's there. mother may i that's good that's as it should be he's mother may i and i will say i always remember my mom kind of screaming and yelling at guest time it's the video that we've posted before that's like we can't let people know i sit what's that guy's name chris something chris fleming chris fleming and it's mom getting ready for guests. it's just the, the, but it it it's you only see the yelling, but what we see is that why are you on Snapchat next to my boiling 
pot of broccoli that I'm trying to get to. Like, right. You only see the yelling, but we see the skeleton behind that yelling. And it's a, it's a frightening skeleton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So our listeners piled on when Anna opened up this idea. I love my family, but, and we had lots of answers. This one's a little specific to the time of year we're in. So I thought I would start with this one. Lindsay's says, I love my family, but I would like a full week of the school bus coming and whisking away both of my children Monday through Friday with no delays, no early closings, and no calls from the nurse. That's not too much to ask. It's not too much to ask. This is the contract you signed. They were going to be out of your hair from eight to three every day. Exactly. Lindsay, we wish that for you. That's what you signed up for. And that's not what you're getting. No. You're getting a whole lot of sick days, snow days. You're getting lice calls. You're getting kids sent home. I just got a strep going on at my house. Ah. It's it's a it's a thing and a thing, and there's always somebody at home. And the strep is like, let's get this one at a time for sure, right? Like it's going to it's the longest tail no, for sure, for sure. Let's take everybody down <laughs> contiguously one at a time, yeah. and then let's all have to go and get antibiotics so we don't get rheumatic fever. Okay, like it's really not the best. No, it's not the best. No, thank you, strep. You were not invited. We had a large category of things people say in this sort of I love my family, but. Shall we tick through some of those? Yes. Mary Katniss says, I love my family, but if I hear, what doing, mommy, one more time, I'm going to take the forever nap. (laughs) Oh, the rest cure, as we call it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem. I will say mine is right now the phrase, my bad. I have teens who love the phrase, my bad. And I'm like, who left half of a cheeseburger with ketchup in my bed while they were watching TV in there? Oh, my bad. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're bad. You're bad. Who, you know, spilled a cherry Coke in the back of the minivan and never mentioned it until I opened it one day and fruit flies were flying everywhere. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're bad. That has been established, right? That's what we all already know. It was your bad. Right? My bad. It is. Was it a rhetorical question when you said who did this? Did you already have a pretty good suspicion? No, because I have three children. I'm like, who do I need to talk to? It wasn't your spouse. It was definitely one of the three of them. No, no, no. It definitely wasn't my spouse. My spouse, as we've often mentioned on the podcast, is never my problem. He is clean. He is organized. Like I am the problem. I am the person who would have spilled the cherry Coke. But could it be you? Is there any part of you that's like, maybe it was me that spilled the cherry Coke in the back of the minivan? It's the back right seat of the minivan. I'm not back there. I've never been there. It's not me not implicated but yeah my bad it's one of those phrases right now that like gets me right in the like back of my neck right where my skull hits the bones of my neck and it just makes me crazy the minute i hear it i start screaming your occipital nerve (laughs) yes Sadiq says, I love my family, but if someone asks me what's for dinner within an hour of another meal I've made, I'm going to burn the house down. (laughs) That, oh, it's so funny. I hate hearing that too. Like, what's for dinner? It's like, why is it up to, like, why are you asking me? You still have a bite of breakfast in your mouth. (laughs) Right. I remember, I definitely remember my parents being crazy on this subject. Like, especially when we're traveling, what's for dinner? We don't know. We're on a vacation. Right. We don't know. And I do think, I mean, I know we're not here to solve problems, Amy. And I recognize that. I do know this was somewhere I had to use the whiteboard when I had small and anxious children that 
seeing what was for dinner just calmed their night in a way that it was hard for me to relate to and understand. So I do think there's something about this that happens, but it is infuriating. What's for dinner? They're so much more hungry. You know, I have three teenagers. Well, I have one post-teenager and two teenagers. And that's what I have to tell myself. Like, they were asking me last night, we were cleaning up the dinner dishes. What's for dinner tomorrow? Oh. And I'm like, I don't like that's the like, I should be so far from having to I should never be farther from wondering what's for dinner than while I'm cleaning up the dinner I just made. But no, everybody wants to know. But it's because they're so hungry. That's the problem. Like, I'm like a little hungry at 630 at night. Like I, I could have a bowl of cereal for dinner for the rest of my life and really be very happy. But that's not teenagers. So I think they do. They do need that reassurance that they won't be hungry 24 hours from now. I still, and I didn't do it this week because I was busy this weekend and we had stuff going on. I do try to write what's for dinner every day on the whiteboard in the kitchen still because it just cuts down on this nightmare. I'm not saying you should do that. But it could, it might work. Not here to solve your problems, but I do it. Nicole says, I love my family, but if they ask, what are we having after I call them to come eat one more time, I'm going to go live on Pitcairn Island. Do we know what Pitcairn Island is? No. Is it a magical island where there are no children? Should I look it up? Sure. I will say my version of this right now is I'll call somebody, I'll call a child upstairs and they say, yeah. And I always yell back. It's not. Yeah. It's start moving your feet and come here. It's never just like, I want to have a conversation with you through the ceiling of the kitchen. That's never what's going on. Oh, I have, uh, yeah. I have kids who will get angry at me that I yelled upstairs what was for dinner, and but I didn't come up, you know, to knock on their door and tell them like, sorry, I was busy cooking your dinner. Karen Island, oh, no, no, no. here's news you can use. It's a part of the British Overseas Territory. I thought it was something from a television show. It's a place. Yeah, it seems imaginary. In 2011, its population was 67. 67 people live on Pitcairn okay. Island. Okay, I can see where you want to move there. How many of those people were under five? It doesn't say. Can Americans move to Pitcairn Island? Some people have already had this idea. Oh, let's find out. They may, they may apply for advertised work positions. Only short or long-term visitors must apply. What other kind of visitor is there besides only short, short or, or long-term, long-term visitor? <laughs> yeah, I have a new routine with my kids. And I, I think if someone saw us doing it, they would think, we're insane, but it's really working for us. I call upstairs. Hey, child. Yeah. Then I say, step out because we have a hallway that you can from their room. That's like a bridge, you know, hallway. That's it. And then they say, stepping out. And then I have a conversation with them. I love that because that's it. It's like you yell to them. But it really is. It's my old theater days. It's like, get out of your room. But then they respond. I'm doing it. Right. That's like in... I would love to skip, step out, stepping out, but we can't. But it still at least is like heard and acknowledged. It reminds me of like in the makeup and hair trailers, like on a movie set. I learned this early on that you're supposed to say stepping in because like when you like go up the steps to those like weird wobbly trailers, you could mess up somebody's eyeliner. So you're supposed to say stepping in, stepping in. So it's the same thing. You're announcing what you're doing. They come to you. If they hear your voice, this is my thing too. I'm like, I'm calling you to tell you it's time for dinner. Like, if you're wondering why I'm calling you and it's between, say, 6 and 7 p.m., there's a very likely reason, and it shouldn't mean me leaving, getting dinner ready to come offer you a personal invitation at your door. Oh, now I'm mad. I'm mad now. We've also solved another huge problem at our house. We have 
a downstairs basement that is was designed as a mother-in-law apartment. It has a separate entrance, but we've changed it into the kids' like video game room. So all three kids have a little area where they can do computers, play, whatever. And that room, because of the layout of the house, it's like around a weird corner. I would have to scream down at the top of my lungs. And then they wear headphones sometimes where they're gaming, so they couldn't hear me. And I was going insane. And then for, I don't know, I want to say less than $20 on Amazon, I bought a walkie-talkie. They have the downs, they have it downstairs. And the rule is, if the walkie-talkie goes off and you don't respond within like three minutes, everyone's off of screens for the rest of the night. Like the walkie-talkie must be obeyed. So I just click it and I'm like, hello, I need two kids upstairs within the next five minutes to help unload the car with groceries. And it's like, you know the consequences if you do not obey the walkie-talkie. The walkie-talkie, it's like a god mic in the theater. You're like, walkie-talkie says, we need you. Now you have to explain what a god mic is. God mic is like, welcome to this performance of Wicked. Please turn off your cell phones. That's the god mic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the voice of God. And let me tell you, we use it in my basement as well. I can't believe you're bringing this down. You're bringing down the hammer at your house. I, I'm learning so much in this episode. Oh, I'm bringing the hammer down. I've had enough of my family and they're going to pay for it. <laughs> we'll be right back with even more I Love My Family Butts. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro <laughs> aunt at this yes. point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking... I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need, and yes, even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, 
com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. This is a good one from Anna Rose. She says, I love my family, but if they keep on asking me something that I have already stated or answered five minutes or less previous, I'm going to catch a bit of an attitude. Wow. She, Anna is very, um, she's not even moving to a different nation, an island <laughs> nation in the sea. She's just going to catch a bit of an attitude. It is funny how they ask you something and you answer and then there's a pause and then the next thing is what? Right? It's a weird delay. Something I learned on the podcast that I do all the time now is I'd like someone to take this trash out. Second ask. Oh, yes. Yes. Third ask. Like I give voice to, yes, we are going at four o'clock. And that's the second time I've answered that question. As you can tell, my house is really joyful. It's really fun to live with me. (laughs) It's a lot of yelling. But it's not as much yelling because I just try to reflect back. Like, we've heard this one before. The objective reality. And you don't want to get to fourth ask. It's not going to go well for you. You're going to be moving to pick Karen Island. Does this happen for a long or a short (laughs) step? For short or long-term stays. For a long or a short visit. (laughs) Cheryl uh, says, I love my family, but if one more of them says, but that's not mine, when I ask them to throw something away, I will throw them in the trash bin as well. (laughs) Wow. She's a little closer to the line than Anna, who's just going to cop a bit of an attitude. She's actually going to throw human children in the trash. But it is interesting how proprietary people become about messes. Like, they're happy to have you clean up their cereal bowl, but... They could never do that. I had to lay this down for my family once. Like, are we all only cleaning up after ourselves? Because let me tell you, it's going to be a lot more messy around here. I'm signing up for that plan. I'll get on board. Because as it turns out, I clean up for five people. And everyone else is like, I just recently had a gentle conversation with my beloved spouse when I went down to change over some laundry And I found a load of laundry that was just his underwear, shirts, and socks. And I said, when do you think is the last time I did a load of laundry that only involved my items? I I see. So it was like a half load. And he's putting soap in anyway. And there's extra room. And he's like, oh, well. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't occur to them that there's always laundry. I mean, you could argue the other side of it, I guess, which is everyone, every man for himself, and at least he has clean underwear. But I'm like, I have been wearing your boxer shorts for two days because I have not managed to get a pair of my underwear to the wash for doing everyone else's laundry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So staring at a load that is merely your items floating free, it's giving me, what What did Anna say? I, I'm catching a bit of an attitude about it, I guess is what I would say. I'm not at Pit Karen Island, but I am peeved. Angie has a, a good one here. She says, I love my family, but if one more person mentions something that needs to be done rather than just doing it, I may just let the damn break holding back all the snarky comments in my head. Watch out. This is my... Mother-in-law has a very useful phrase for, this is also used in the, we should really (laughs) check in to summer camp soon. And she always says, I hope you have a rat in your pocket, because I don't know who we (laughs) is in that scenario. I hope Pitcairn Island is nice this time of year. (laughs) And it is, it's like, who is the we we're talking about it? Is it you or is it me? Or is it you and the rat in your pocket? Because what we is going to be doing this? 
it's a protective mechanism, I think. It's like, have you thought about what you are making us for dinner? It's a step to like, have you given any thought as to what we're having for... Like, they're trying to be less accusatory, but we see right through it. That's the problem. Yeah. Have we thought about summer camp? No, we have not. Yeah. The we there is, it's doing a lot of work at the sentence, as we say. Heavy lifting, heavy lifting. Kristen says, I love my family, but if one more person questions why I'm asking them to do something, I will go on strike (laughs) and let them figure it out. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because it makes every ask. So you ask, and then there's a pause, and what? And then you ask again, and then the next thing said, going on like a little, you know, flow chart here, is either, but that's not mine, or why? Or maybe, why aren't you asking her to do it? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? All of which has already definitely taken longer than walking the socks over to the hamper and putting them in. (laughs) (laughs) You could have done it by now. For all of this drama, we could be done. Yes, we could be done by now. We could have been done by now. Yeah, not great. Not great, as we say. Let's move on to a sort of like expectations management section. These are very loosely gathered, but this is another sort of set of types of things. Melissa says, I love my family, but if one more kid walks past dad to ask me a question when I'm already doing 10 other things, I'm going to lose my mind. This is a trap I've fallen into. Yeah, we had a pandemic video when we were doing them. And (laughs) you had a line that you were like, look at my face. Does it look like a good time to ask mommy a question? And I find myself often with like a pot on the stove and I'm throwing something in the trash with my foot and I'm like bending behind me to grab something. Like I'm doing a full yoga ninja move with the four things I'm doing at once. And one of my kids says, hey, can you grab something for me? And I just think, I want you to walk out of the room, come back in and really take in the the picture here. Is this possible something you could do for yourself or ask your father to do? We need to have those numbers like at the deli counter. Yeah, that would be helpful. You know what I mean? Those paper numbers. I thought you meant like a number that magically appears on our forehead that lists how available we are to watch something funny on Snapchat. <laughs> Or to like answer a question about where a shoe is. And it's like a zero means I have no availability. It means back away slowly. Do not make eye contact. And a 10 is like I am sitting here just waiting for a kid to come chat with me. I wish somebody would come ask me where my their shoes were. It's that meme that was shared like 350,000 times. And it said me hydroplaning across four lanes of traffic, kid in backseat. Mom, are you listening? I said, knock, knock. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's it, right? And then they are very mad that you're not giving them your full attention when yeah it's it's a strange are they really not able to see it are they maybe they're just not able to see a parent as not they're you know as independent of them it's just like a two-year-old no way I mean truly they do not know that you're a real person I mean I remember I want to say I was deep into my 20s when my mom and I were having a discussion about something and she said yeah I just think back on that. It was such a big disappointment for me in my life. And I truly had a moment of thinking, my mother was disappointed by something once. Like she failed at something and it hurt her feelings. 
it rocked my world, Tammy. And I, sh- I was old enough to know much, much better. But yeah, the idea, I think just there's biology and there's science behind it that truly as infants, an infant does not understand that you mother and them infant are different people. They think that you're one entity truly. And that to undo that just takes a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of showing you Snapchats while you're trying to boil hot wings. Right. Or go up to the bathroom where you're just getting into the shower to ask you where something is, even though they had another authority figure in the room with them who could have figured it out. And I don't know, like, I think we can push back on that. And I'm not sure it's entirely like our fault. Like, well, then don't be in charge of doing everything all the time. Like, I'm not. I just was trying to take a shower. Yeah, it goes deeper than that. Yeah, it goes deeper than that. It definitely goes deeper than that. And I don't think that the science and the biology is, what do you call it? It's not a zero sum. It's not absolute. It's not like, well, so then I guess you do have to find the shoes, mom. I mean, this is goes a lot to like our mom blame episode and, and talking about roles and stuff. But I do think like some of this is, ha ha, I can't believe you just walked past your dad watching football to ask me who's doing 10 things to do this. And some of it does go kind of deep and we got to work on it and fix it. Not today. But not today. <laughs> Back to today, let's just complain about it. Bria says, I love my family, but if I have to spend one more minute of this rare and precious life finding the only pair of gloves they haven't lost out of the five pairs they each started the winter with, I might just have to start a new life alone in a tropical climate. Pitcairn Island isn't tropical, I don't think. The gloves, we went, no, no, that's not going to work. This is going to be somewhere different. No, it can't be. It's a British Isle. It, I don't it's in it's the tropical. South Pacific. It, it's, it's below the equator. So let's go there. Oh, my goodness. So it is Pitcairn. Just <laughs> we're all good. Their population is going to double after this episode from 67 to let me try to do the math. Can you imagine like the wet fresh hell retreat? Pitcairn Island. You'll have six days <laughs> of not talking to anybody. What the heck is happening on Pitcairn <laughs> Island? There's a bunch of Hellions hiding from their families. Lose our numbers. Yeah, the gloves, we recently, we're not a real ski family, but there's a little local hill that we go to occasionally. And we went last Sunday a little bit on a whim. And let me tell you, we have 100 gloves, but to find 10 gloves in... <laughs> pairs of five pairs of two Uh, what a challenge it was so everybody had mismatched gloves like a pippy long stocking kind of look no i mean to out of a hundred gloves to find five pairs was the challenge of our lifetime we did in fact come up with them but it was an uphill battle and then it's like the myth of like you're gonna find the pairs and it's like socks you know it's just it's very hard to get back to one on socks because you throw away half and then the next load comes out and it's full of mismatched socks again. It's I do a they do not deal with this in the elf romance kingdom, let me tell you. Mismatched gloves and socks is not something they do. Once on. it gets I have like a like a thing you get at Target that you put like flour or sugar in kind of thing. You know, like that's something that goes in your kitchen counter. I have one and that's where I put the mismatched socks. And when it gets full, which takes like a couple of months, maybe less, I pull them out. Flower container takes months to get full of mismatched socks. Uh, I use a spare laundry bag. <laughs> well, this forces me like you can't have too big a container. So when it gets full, it might take you a month. It probably takes me. You throw them away? A couple of months. I throw them away. I pull them all out and match them up and just a start A couple. Over. I mean, who are you that it <laughs> takes you a couple of months to fill a sugar container with mismatched socks? It's a large... <laughs> 
It's a large, yeah, kitchen countertop container. Mine is the size of like a shipping container. I mean, it's gigantic. Hmm. I was just talking about this over the weekend. Long story, but the gym at my kid's school, they're going to do some renovations. And they have a huge storage area behind the basketball court full of, you know, who knows what and who knows who put it there when. Hoodies, lost and found. Right, lost and found and like deflated basketballs and whatever, all kinds of stuff. And as they're renovating the basement, they have to recreate the same size storage somewhere else in the basement because they have to have room to move all the stuff and store it. And I, as, you know, the parent standing around, the mother, I was like, no, you don't. Like make the storage half as big and then keep half the stuff. Like most of the stuff in here it just expands to fill the space available, right? It's garbage and you just, nobody ever had to throw it out because there's more room. So just make less room and then there'll be less stuff. So I hear you, somewhere in between the sugar container and the laundry basket is the right size container for mismatched socks just being thrown out. Don't, you know, start a new room in your basement for mismatched socks. You will fill it. That's what I'm, I'm close to that. Very close to that. Yeah. You're going to fill it and you're not going to match the socks. I'm learning, Amy. All right, we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And now, two kinds of people. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Weather people. Oh, I can almost feel it's spring. I love to bake in the sun all day. Vitamin D makes my heart feel alive. Why is the glowing ball in the sky about to start torturing me again when all I want to do is lovingly cradle a mug of chili by a roaring fire? Coffee people. 
Oh, I don't need coffee. I function on a whirring engine of kombucha and positive vibes. If you speak to me before I inject the warm brown liquid of life into my veins, I am not responsible for my actions. Sunglasses, people. I have a pair of tortoiseshell Prada glasses that I've had for like six and a half years. When not wearing them, I place them in this special case and only clean them with its designated cloth. I have approximately 98 pairs of $10 sunglasses scattered all over my life, and I have no idea where any of them are at the moment. Morning people versus night people. Good morning. I can just tell today is going to be amazing. Why? Would anyone speak to another human being before 10 a.m.? Shoes in the house, people. Oh, no, sure. You can wear shoes in my house. Or instead, you could just go ahead and spread actual dog feces all over my floors, you monster. Ew, I would much rather take my chance with germs than see your weird sock feet. This has been Two Kinds of People. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Let's talk about some of the little things they do. That makes us love our families. <laughs> but I mean, I think a lot of these were kind of little, but I want to see how low we can go, you know? <laughs> I feel this one. How minute the crime can we react to? Jennifer says, I love my family, but why do they use so many cups? The middle rack of the dishwasher is only so big and it is always filled before the top or the bottom. And inevitably, someone shows up with another cup as soon as I start the dishwasher. I mean, I'm going to have to lay a little Taylor Swift on you here. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> I use a minimal, a minimum of eight to 10 cups a day, every day. And I will say my husband is a saint. He just follows me around and brings them to the kitchen and puts them in the dishwasher. I, I never leave a room without taking those. Yeah, I have the water glass at the top of the stairs to go downstairs, downstairs to go upstairs, in this room to go to this room. Yes, and I am constantly bringing my own empty or half empty water glasses back to the kitchen to wash them. So at least I'm clearing up my own problem. I'm not. My husband cleans up after me. Do you want to know how crazily I raise the glass game? When I'm driving in a car, I only like to drink out of a pint glass or a stemless wine glass. Those are the two cars. And I'm talking about like water, Coke, anything. That's how I like to drink. Pine glass or stemless wine glass. We've run into issues before with the stemless wine glass. Margaret doesn't drink coffee. She drinks Coke in a wine glass. <laughs> it looks like port. I know. I'm always drinking it on the podcast. Yeah, it looks like I'm having wine at 10 o'clock in the morning. I've finally stopped doing it on like Zoom meetings with professionals because they're like, why is she drinking wine at 9 a.m.? Also, I drink Diet Coke for breakfast. It's a problem, people. But I bring a pint glass of my beverage of choice into the car with me. So I leave then pint glass water glasses all over the car. So it was you. You're saying it, you were blaming it on the person in the rear, right rear passenger seat. I really upped the game. It's never cherry Pepsi. And that was in a bottle. So you know I was not implicated. How very dare you. Right. You, you tested it. You DNA tested the swabs that it was cherry Pepsi. Yeah, but I am the monster. I can't be fixed. I can't be fixed. Yeah, and the dishwasher, Jennifer has a three-row dishwasher, which I want to know more about that. But yeah, I mean, all the rows are filled with cups. Three rows. I've seen the one where there's a silverware like thing on top, a tray. I don't like that. Like a tray. That must be what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we just do a load of dishes. I mean, by we, like the rat in my pocket is my husband. My husband does the dishes in the house. We split <laughs> duties. And yeah. 
We just are constantly doing 30 glasses because I like to drink out of glasses and I like to leave them places and then start all over again. My like, I love my family, but when we have like a, a dishwasher full of dirty dishes and nobody turned it on and then also more dirty dishes in the sink. Right. So now you have to run it before you can get to that. Well, we have that with the laundry a lot that and also we have a basement laundry that you have to walk down like two sets of stairs to get down there. And it does kind of feel like the torture dungeon. And I mean, I do it all the time. I trudge down. I put the laundry in. I trudge back up. And then I just forget about it. And then the next day you got to you have laundry to do and you got to start the laundry from yesterday again. It's a waste of water. It's a waste of everything. But I do it. I'm sorry. I'm the monster. Our washer dryer is right outside our bedroom because we live in New York City. We don't have a basement. But anyway, I think that we're probably lucky in that way. Like, it's easier when you pass by it all the time. Oh, I'll just throw these in. It really is. My dad's house has laundry right off the kitchen. In my old house in L.A., the we had a garage, and it's a detached garage. So you have to walk across the lawn to go to the garage. And that's where the washer dryer was. And that really was torture. Because even though it's LA, it's raining. Like you have to expose yourself to the weather to go. Uh, you just never want to do it. You never want to do it. It was where laundry went to die, basically. You only, we only did laundry when like literally nobody had clean underwear for three days. Or like the laundromat. Have you ever lived? I've never lived as a parent, but when I was a, a single living in New York City, yeah, I had to take my laundry to the laundromat. That's like set aside a day to sit there. Yeah, it's a lot. And then you got to have quarters. It's a thing. Delaney says, I love my family, but I secretly fantasize about the joy I would feel if I vacuumed up every single godforsaken Lego in our house. That day will come. The Legos will disappear. We speak to you from the future. My son is uh, a continuing Lego enthusiast, but now doing those like crazy elaborate sets and like building, you know, he has it very contained in his room. Like, God forbid, there's never Legos out. Like he keeps it very organized. He has a system. And we no longer deal with Legos. And it is a great day when you step on your last Lego. I'm going to say it's a day to celebrate. I just went through like some toys and games and like, okay, I don't really need these. I don't have anybody young enough to play with these. But you know, once in a while you have kids come over to your house. You got to keep something. So I kept like a rectangle of Lego grass and I dug through and I took out all the guys. So now if you bring your kids to my house who like Legos, I do have a very satisfying Lego grass thing covered with various Toy Story and Star Wars people. But all the other bricks are... Mm. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll bring you my 15-year-old, yeah. Amy. That'll it's, work out it's great It's good pickings. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It's fun to have a little... You got to have a box of magnet tiles or something just in case a little comes along. Michaeline, this is tough love. I love my family, but... If one of my kids gets hurt again while goofing around, I might just say, I told you so. <sighs> it's going to come out of your mouth sooner or later. My husband and I were just talking about it the other day, and it's because I said so. You know, I mean, it does come out of your mouth, and you do think, I'm never going to say that to my kids, but you will because they're just, com they break you. They break you down, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a time where you're like, why? I have no interest in doing a 15-minute lecture on what led me to the decision that you need to pick up your underwear and put it downstairs in the laundry instead of on my living room couch. Mm -hmm. I think it's if you don't know the answer to that by now, it's like if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. If you have to ask why your underwear does not belong on the dining room table, <laughs> you're getting it because I said so. 
And if you come at me with the, but that's not mine, you're going to get a different speech, right? I'll pull out that card. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go deep into the mom catchphrases if you (laughs) make me. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be that parent, but I will be. And I am. Trisha says, I love my family. And what's really amazing about them is that nothing has ever been their fault ever. You know, I have a similar thing going on at my house, which is that I am lucky to live with the three tweens and teens on planet Earth who happen to know everything. Unfortunately, I am a dum-dum. I know nothing. But luckily, I live with three tweens and teens who happen to know everything. So... They are really generous about educating me about how the world works and how everything should work. I do sometimes have to put up with some eye rolls because I am such a dummy that delivering this information is exhausting to them, but they push through that exhaustion and they continue to teach me every day. My mother was like a duck with this, like a beautiful mallard. It would roll off her back. Like, don't you know anything? It would just, she would just say, what? Guess I don't. And it would just roll off her back. And I would laugh about it. God bless Nancy Wilson. She is the patron saint of the What Fresh Hell podcast. Uh, Yeah. And I would be like, that's so funny. And like, it was clearly the right thing to do, right? When applied to my own case, my, my husband will remind me that I used to do a whole bit about my mother saying, well, I don't know when I got so stupid. And he's like, do you, don't you remember? Like you, this was you. You highlighted how she would say that and clearly not thinking she was stupid, thinking she was, you know, living in a, in a higher level of consciousness to be able to do that. And now that's you. And I'm like, yes, but they're making me angry. This shall not stand. I don't know what's the right thing anymore. And listen, I think there's room for both. I do think it's important sometimes to push back and be like, actually, guess what? I'm a human being with actual feelings. And I am not just going to be, I just saw my beloved Madonna in concert. She sang one of my favorite songs. And in it, I can't say it on the podcast, we're clean rated. But she says, I'm not your blank. Don't hang your blank on me. And I often think with my kids, can you put that <laughs> no, together? And it's a B and an S. Okay. It's a B okay. and an S. It's not something you actually, it's a metaphorical hang. I'm like, it's, I'm not your like. I do not say it to my children, but the lyric comes to my mind sometimes when I am being, when everyone, I'm like, take take a number. The line forms, please, an orderly cue to the left to come in and dump all your stuff mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I am with you. And uh, I'm not always standing for it. I'm not always going to let it roll off my back. I think that what we were talking about before is true. Like, I think kids, it's only a dawning realization and an occasional one like, oh, like my mom has feelings. My mom has wants and needs that aren't beyond making dinner. That's how we are. We don't usually think of that most of the time about the person who takes care of us. We, if, if we feel secure and safe in our mother's love, which hopefully most of us listening did and provide for our children, then what comes with that is kids being like, here, here's my trash I don't feel like holding because they're so secure that you can handle it, which doesn't necessarily make it feel any better. Not today. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to be like, not today, Bob. Not happening. I think we should finish with Shannon who wraps up the thread saying this is the best thread ever. Honestly, it just makes you realize that we are all freaking normal. And indeed, indeed. we are. 
Indeed. Thank you, Shannon, for wrapping it up for us. Because yes, we are all normal. This Every single one of those things happens at my None of too. us live in an elf romance, no. sadly, or a fairy romance, or a dragon riding romance. We are all on planet Earth with our, our loves who we love sometimes, but. We are all either short or long-term visitors to... Annoyed Mom Island, Pitcairn Island, and we. There's Island. a lot of room here. Pitcairn Island, Mom otherwise Island. known as Annoyed Mom Island. Little do they know, their tourist uh, department is about to get very, very busy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, oh my gosh, our, our Google click-through rate, right? Some something happened. What was it? Inquiries to visit our island. Amy, we solved it, and now we turn to. I love our listeners, and. I have a request. Some new updates have come to the phones. Some new things are going on with podcasting. Would you make sure that you and all of your beloved friends and family are following or subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you are listening to? I yeah. recently realized that I myself was not subscribed to the One <laughs> Podcast, yeah. Amy, which made me think it's time to go back to people and say... Whatever, boring, I won't go into the whole story. Phones used to auto-deliver, and now you have to opt in. Please go back, make sure you're following or subscribe to the podcast. Because, you know, we want listeners. And tell your friends to like, follow, and subscribe as well. Helps us keep making the podcast, which we want to keep doing. And with that, thanks so much for listening, friends. We love you, and always and. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.